0: Go! Slash afternoon, slash whenever you are listening to this, ladies and gentlemen. This is Red and Blue Hate Yellow. I'm your host, Noah Hoteling, Back, and with me, as per usual, is Sean McGovern.
1: I'm alive!
0: So are you, actually. So am I. Um, No show last week. That was due to uh, a weird injury that I sustained, and I'm really not quite sure how I did it. Mindful. Newlyweds. You know how it goes, people of Earth. That's so weird.
1: What, you talking about your sex life? Yes. Hey, we can talk about mine. Nope. Well, that conversation was short. <laughs> so,
0: um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, so let's see. What's happened since then? I don't know. Um, quick, just a little, I suck. Side note, I guess, sidebar. I, I'm i really not sure how to phrase that. I don't really care. So the show, for me, hasn't been uh, leading up to the last show. The last show had a lot of fun recording, and this is not against Sean. It's going to sound like it is because Sean's usually the host, and it, it has nothing to do with Sean. Uh, recording the show has not been so much fun for me anymore. Um, leading up to this, the, the last show with Mike. Uh, Before you
1: rage quit, hear him out, people of Earth.
0: And uh, – was really contemplating what to do with the show, and part of it, I think, was, I don't know, trying to present the show, it it was trying to present the show in a more, I I guess, professional manner, while still maintaining our irreverent attitude towards how we do it, and I think we kind of got off track a little bit on how this show, this show just started as Sean and I bitching about soccer, or talking about soccer, not necessarily bitching, because it's not always bad. And that's what I want to kind of just, do. and I think Mike and I accomplished that accidentally without Mike knowing it. I never discussed with Mike that I had been, you know, thinking, I had texted back and forth with Sean a little bit about the show a couple of weeks ago, and uh, leading up to- And then to you
1: m- immediately stopped texting me again. The heart attack. Yeah,
0: well, <laughs> sorry. I don't know. I this just, sentence, I, you stopped. I, I was just thinking about a lot of shit with it, and- uh, I don't know, and part of that, I think, is how the Red Bull season's gone this year, and not necessarily because they're having a bad season. Like, I don't care that my soccer team's having a bad season when they're having a bad season. Not that we're having a terrible season, not that we're having a great season. That's not what bugs me. It's been more just the mental attitude that's been going on on Twitter with how the team's doing, and, you know, online and different shit with this team. And I, I don't know if that had me down, because... I've been trying to think about the team from an analytical, you know, trying to, even though we're a fan pod, podcast, trying to be professional in how I think about the team and not having it. It's taken the fun out of it. And I,
1: I think what, if, if I may put words in your mouth for a second.
0: Oh yeah, you may. Uh,
1: more dick jokes, less mercy killings.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, I was going to say, it, um, you know, it. it's one thing to try to run the show professionally and still keep the irreverent attitude, but the irreverent attitude kind of happened because we didn't take the show seriously, and it kind of worked in that, that once you start trying to take your show seriously and trying to promote it and trying to attract the listeners and do all that, I, it was kind of getting away from why it, I just need, I mean, we started this because it seemed like I needed... An hour to talk about soccer each week. Um, not that I don't talk more than that, but uh, about it all week. But you know, it was just that hour. I was I had taken over Sean's show a couple of times uh, to just talk soccer For
1: three months in a row. And uh, every time <laughs> I was on,
0: and it would take over, and that's where this got bred. So I'm going back to the fun, just nonsensical, and Mike helped do that with the show. I mean, I. I can't even tell you I I mean it's been two weeks since we had that conversation but I remember looking down by the time and realizing we had not approached it in a formu uh, in the normal formu- formulaic way that ever format I'm actually not sure formulaic
1: works yeah. like that
0: um, way that we normally approach the show but I thought we had covered everything and kind of just talk soccer, which is what this show was always supposed to be about anyway, just talk soccer, and if we hit the main talking points about what happened last week and who we were playing next week, then we got to slam Mike McGee or Landon Donovan along the way. We were all the more better for it, and yeah, so we're getting back to that bullshit.
1: Although, if, if I can interject really quick. No, we're
0: not. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mike, well done, dude. You can be my wingman anytime.
0: Oh, yeah, playing with the boys. You done?
1: Oh, dude, I'm just getting warmed up.
0: So, unfortunately, this was going to turn into the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy hour, and we were just going to give predictions for what was going to happen next week, but uh, somebody hasn't seen it yet, so I can't spoil the movie for all you bastards.
1: I'm sorry that apparently Oberon is on its last leg. <laughs> right, wow. Well,
0: I, I, it kind of felt bad. I really wanted to actually talk about that movie a little bit, not necessarily during well, the podcast. Well, hey,
1: you know what? Here's, here's the thing. Like, when they announced Guardians of the Galaxy was becoming a movie, and I went around telling everybody, read The King Cycle. you got to read The King Cycle. It's amazing. You know, fucking Dab, Dan Abnett wrote it, and then nobody read it, and then now everyone's getting like, oh, this was a really great film. I want to go read their comic books. I'm just telling you guys, read The King's Cycle. It's flippin' <laughs> great. Uh, fucking read Guardians of the Galaxy, read Quasar, go back to the old Nova Corp stuff. It's, it's a lot of fun. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I, I know the lore. So please, I, I'm inviting you to the fandom. Join us. It's flippin' awesome. Um, okay, there's my Guardians of the Galaxy spiel. I was supposed to see it tonight, but unfortunately, um, this is not Noah's fault.
0: <laughs> I'm so worried but that it actually is economically
1: speaking uh, it went from me limping to my next paycheck to me crawling with one arm <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh you know what's actually funny is that I, I'm not even gonna make this like like pretend uh, like I was a huge guardians of the galaxy fan before the movie probably not gonna be a huge like reader of their books after the movie um was excited that the movie was getting made just because it was marvel Basically, um, I know everybody was saying this was the huge risk for Marvel. I don't see this one as the huge risk for them, uh, just because it it was a fun space opera, and the last time we had a fun space opera, it was The Fifth Element. And uh, I disagree. What's since since The Fifth Element? Serenity. Uh, see, but that's, that's like, Firefly, dude. Well, no, okay, okay, okay. Are you okay. talking like standalone feature film? Well, sort of standalone feature film, but I'm also talking like major feature film, where you know, it, Firefly, great TV show. You're never gonna get me to say this say otherwise. Serenity, solid movie, like it, as it completes that kind of like it gives me a finite point to end that that show at. But as far as like standalone, just blockbusters, like like where this is what it's supposed to be. I feel like Serenity was never going to, I mean, we all know Serenity was never going to be a movie. The only reason it got made was because it, it's, it's a little bit, it's, it's got its niche, you know, like, like there's people that really like it. It's got cult following it. It, that to me is more cult classic, not that fifth element isn't cult classic, I but
1: Luke Besson does not do uh does not do mainstream movies.
0: Fair enough. And, uh, but, you know, it, like, leading up to Guardians, it, and it was funny because somebody actually compared it to the Fifth Element in a review or something like that. And it was like, really? You just, like, I could have told you on the first preview that this is going to have that weird sort of fun Fifth Element vibe to it. You know, like, like not not saying they're anywhere near similar, but there's there's similarities where they kind of run parallel. So it's uh, the, the risky movie for, let's let's all be honest, the risky movie for Marvel at this point, Ant-Man. That movie's going to tank. Just saying it now.
1: If it's not Simon Pegg, it'll tank.
0: It's not. You know, he's, Paul Rudd's going to be Ant-Man.
1: Fucking, uh, I, I really don't have a beef against Paul Rudd. Funny thing is, I have a huge, like, antipathy towards James Franco and Bradley Cooper. And when they announced Bradley Cooper was doing the voice of Rocket Raccoon, I was pretty much just, well, fuck.
0: You won't even notice.
1: <laughs> dude, I'll notice.
0: No. You... No. Just.
1: Dude, dude, seriously, I went to go see uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. and I was fine. Until James Franco makes a small cameo in it. And I got up and, like, went to the bathroom for, like, 15 minutes. I just couldn't be in the theater, because it's it's a... It's an unknowable rage that I have.
0: No, no, I get it. I have
1: no reason for it. I'm sure they're nice people. I know nothing about their private lives, but I just fly into a rage every time I see them. If I see the word starring James Franco, I will turn (laughs) off the TV.
0: Well, I can't help you with the part where it says, you know, starring Bradley Cooper or featuring, I forget how it says it. But I will guarantee you, while you're watching the movie, you will at certain times, like, forcibly have to remind yourself that he is actually the voice of Rocket. It's, it's that good of a, he, he does that good of I a I I have no
1: doubt, because the man can act. Yeah. I mean, again, this is baseless hatred. Fair enough. But, yeah.
0: So, let's talk about actual soccer shit, since that's what this show is about. Where yeah, 15
1: minutes in, dude. I, I think, now that we've gotten the Guardians of the Galaxy enema out of the way, we're, we're ready for this
0: that was weird um just thinking about anonymous
1: um <laughs> I'm glad I got you to think of that
0: yeah thank because so
1: much is happening in Union town
0: well let's, let's talk about let's, let, let's, 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 let's 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 go back just talk about a little bit of red Bull stuff just a little bit and then okay, we, let, let's, let's, let's no what talk first is uh, no no because I'm, I'm interested just to hear your take on what's gone down. And the new strategy for Union, um, which seems to be all the goalkeepers.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that.
0: <coughs> so, um, I mean, I, I just want to go over results. So, so, actually, this past weekend, uh, there was, like, predicted thunderstorms, like, and nasty thunderstorms for our area and parts of Jersey on the route I take to get to Red Bull Arena. Amberly wasn't feeling real great. So I kind of decided that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to skip this week's home game. Uh, it's I don't really feel like getting caught in thunderstorms all the way down. I've done it before. It, I just wasn't in the mood on Saturday to be driving through that. So I ended up getting a call right before the game would have kicked off, like maybe – I would have been down in Jersey, so it's probably like 5 o'clock. My sister was calling me to say my aunt and uncle were moving stuff down here. And it was kind of, you know, surprised that it was coming down this early and they needed help to move it. So it ended up being a good thing that I didn't go to game because it just ended up being me and my brother to move really heavy furniture. And I'm thinking, I was like, man, hope this good karma pays off. So I get home, Aunt Riley's watching the game. I think there was 10 minutes left in the game. I think I walked home. It was like the 83rd minute or when I walked through the door and Red Bulls are winning two to one. She's like looking at me. She's like, you have missed the most brilliant second half of soccer I've seen ever. She goes, Red Bull was losing one, nothing at the half. Matt Miazga had been red carded at right before the half. She goes, they've been playing a man down. She goes, and they are dominating the game right now. So, I watched the last 10 minutes. They hang on to one victory over the New England, um, sweep New England for the, the year. Uh, I believe uh, – I don't believe we play them again. Uh, sweep them. And so I was like, can we restart the game? So watch the first half. Matt Osgood gets caught ball watching terribly, terribly, and gives Charlie Davis his first goal of the season, which is awesome. I think that's the – I think the commentary and I really said 16th player. We've given the first goal of their season, to. It's an awesome, fun stat. So, you know, watch the second half. And I'll tell you what, if you get a chance to watch the replays, even if you're a Union fan, just watch the replays to watch Oh, yeah, dude,
1: I, I watched it. Dax and Dax's uh, Chip? Bradley.
0: Oh, just it, phenomenal. It a shot, man. Dax, damn. I don't know how he, – he doesn't do it all the time, but when he hits certain goals and you just look like, oh, my goodness. And then there's other times when he reminds you why he's the defensive midfielder. Yeah. <laughs> but that chip, oh, that oh chip, just that cut and just how he hits it and gets the spin. Everything about that goal is awesome. It's up for goal of the week on, on MLS. and did of you course, see, uh, Did you see whats his butt's face, the goalie? Shuttleworth corner. was the goalie. I mean, he's he's yeah. off his line, and he knows
1: his facial as, expression.
0: Oh yeah, as soon as Dax hits it, he knows. It, yeah, he knows. Like it's that's
1: a pretty pretty freeze frame.
0: <laughs> and I mean, I I, I follow a couple of Revolution fans on Twitter, and all of them were like, Shuttleworth is not good enough right now to be our starting goalkeeper, and they're probably right because he was off his line, and made that a little bit easier for Dax. I think if he's back further, he gets. You know, in a position to save it, but great. I mean, nobody closed Dax down either, so you can't entirely blame Shuttleworth. Nobody on the defense actually shut Dax down. They gave him the space to hit that chip, um, and then that ball from uh, Lloyd Sam to give uh, to put uh, Wright Phillips into space was just brilliant. And uh, Wright Phillips and his cutback maneuver to burn the first guy and then put it far post. I, I, they played a really this is a season, man. He's. It, for for just, as
1: rocky as this road has been, Bradley Wright Phillips, my hat's off to you, dude. Well... Rob fucking O. And tonight's the
0: All-Star Game. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday this week. And tonight's the All-Star Game. And Bradley Wright Phillips wasn't originally vo- voted as an All-Star. He, he didn't receive the media vote. He didn't get the fan vote. Caleb Porter brought him onto the team. And this is where the the All-Star game becomes a big friggin' joke uh, because it's fan voting and it just becomes a popularity contest. And and it just shows you – and I've seen writers uh, for the MLS website uh, talk about this, and they are ridiculous. And they're like, oh, well, if it wasn't for Henri, Bright Phillips wouldn't be having the year he's having. And it's funny because Henri has, yes, has fed uh, Bright Phillips, like, half of those goals, I think, that he's had this season. Uh, isn't
1: that his job?
0: Uh, as the secondary striker, Slash, uh, he's been playing as a withdrawn forward who plays the ball out in the midfield. Yeah, that's kind of his job this season. And, uh, Oops. Yeah. Way bugs, to go, professionals! Well, it just, it, it bugs me that they think, you know, Wright Phillips doesn't have, like, it's only Henri's just been, like, somehow is just magically sacrificing all of his goals to give Right Phillips the opportunity to, to score them, and that's not necessarily true. Like Right Phillips has done quite a bit on his own. To sc- I just don't know of any other time where it's been looked at as a, a league leading scorer. You know, leading the Golden Boot race on track. Knock on. You know, I'm not. I don't want to even say it because I'm afraid I'm going to jinx, jinx him. But on track to beat the MLS record for goals scored in a season, and everybody's going to say, oh, he shouldn't be an All-Star because he has Henri playing with him. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, that's just the stupidest fucking bullshit I have ever heard. So because you have a great player playing with you who is helping you, you still got to finish. I mean, it's not like, you know, Henry's passing him the ball and then it's just magically, you know, touching him and flying into the net. Like, Wright Phillips has to do some of the work, and I think uh, his goal on Saturday just showed that, showed that he can do it. I mean, it was – It was Bradley Wright-Phillips to to Lloyd Sam, and then Wright-Phillips got back into the position from the midfield, came streaking up to where Lloyd Sam could play him into space, and then made a cutback move and did the hard work. No Henri. Not that I'm saying Henri, you know, it doesn't help her, but Henri wasn't involved in that play at the time, you know. So it's just Wright-Phillips deserves to be an all-star, and unfortunately it took Caleb Porter the all-star coach going, hey, yeah, he should be an all-star. Um, I just hate the way that that's, that's voted on, how that's handled it. It just doesn't make sense to me. It becomes that huge just fucking popularity contest of how fucking Landon Donovan made it into this squad because leading up to the all-star game, there's no way that Landon Donovan was having the season where he should have been an all-star. I Donovan As,
1: could take a flying fucking rolling donut and he always could in my book. Yeah. Look, guys, here's, here's the thing. For the fans the popularity contest. It's very important you do not suck. <laughs> mm. And I'm saying that as one fan to many others. For the future of MLS, please, please,
0: don't suck. <laughs> so, but, you know. If we're doing so well. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? So, yeah, Red Bull had actually had a solid week. Got a point out of going to RSL. And Rio Tinto Stadium's always a hard place to kind of earn that. That one point, but got their point there midweek and um, got back and had maybe one of the greatest comebacks I have uh, got to watch. It, it was, I don't know. Is it a turning point for the se- season? I don't know. And I'll be honest, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, turning point, it's not. It was a fun game. It was a fun weekend. Uh, we're in fourth place. And, you know, hey, that's how it goes sometimes. Um, speaking of it turning around a season, I don't know if, uh, Union. (laughs) I love that pause. I fucking love that pause. Union, is is it turned around? Is it turning around? Like, is it?
1: Dude, um, okay, first of all. A couple of people via Twitter or Facebook have been asking me about it, uh, so I would like to say hello to Christy Engler and Mike, occasional co-host Mike. Because mm-hmm. uh, has, has it turned around? I think it is in the process of turning around. I, I think there's a lot of exciting changes, some of which I don't agree with, some of which I do, uh, on the horizon. But all that is speculation. I can't fucking, you know... Say anything concrete right now. Can about, I
0: say all the goalkeepers,
1: dude? Every fucking goalkeeper.
0: Every. <laughs> it's gonna be the new. It's it's hire all the keepers. It's just gonna be a team full of goalkeepers. That's it's what got, it
1: dude. At this, the way they're going right now, the off season will see us going through the cast list of Harry Potter, and going, oh yeah, he was in the Quidditch scene. Let's hire him. He's gonna be our keeper too. It's that. It looks that ridiculous right now. He, but, here's
0: the, here's the thing that it, it, I I understand this uh, the new goalkeeper it, it's the Algerian um, keeper it, I can't think of what his name is I can't pronounce his name
1: Okay no, I, when I go into the head coach stuff uh, that's going to be hilarious for the listeners too so
0: <laughs> so it, with the. Uh, What's going on with the the goalkeeper? Like, it, it, and I had this conversation with a couple of uh, Union fans, and it just doesn't make any sense to me because I don't feel like Zach McMath has done enough to warrant getting a big time keeper. Like when it comes down to when I look uh, at Zach working, McMath, but
1: okay, yes.
0: <laughs> well, and I said this is one thing that bugs me because I used to love on the show being able to throw Zach McMath under a bus and be like, yep, McMath being McMath, that's what happened in this game. (laughs) Ha, ha, jokes. And I can't do that this season because it hasn't been McMath being McMath and making, like, these crazy, stupid decisions that have cost the team. Like, and I I explain it this way. When I look at the union bringing in and somebody's like, well, the new goalkeeper's really, really good. He's, He's world class. And I was like, okay, he's world class. How many points does that really get the Union? Like, if you look at the, the tie games and some of the losses that are close games, not 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 games where the, the Union have gotten blown out, but close games, and you really start looking at those games, how much of that's on Zach McMath? I can tell you the loss to Red Bull Arena, at Red Bull Arena early in the season wasn't on Zach McMath. It was yet again people get got getting caught. Ball watching. Well, that was the
1: thing that Mike and I were talking about, where I think all these moves are part of a bigger trade.
0: And that's that's a I, possibility. I it, think,
1: honestly, the head office is playing chess.
0: I think the head office, actually, because of the turnover, has had two different directions that they were technically going, going in, with in regards to this year. I think it's why a goalkeeper got drafted in the draft in the first round. And I think it's why now you're signing on a new goalkeeper. I don't think if – I don't – I think part of this is is the disconnect between Hackworth and the front office and how this has gone. And now they're getting to kind of make the moves that they would have made. And it would have been interesting to see if Hackworth was gone at the beginning. Well, with the draft – And they got to make the moves that they wanted to make if uh, um, Blake gets drafted during the draft. Or if they pick up another player and then, you know, go for the big goalkeeper signing and move uh, Zach down to the secondary keeper. What it looks like now, most likely, is Blake will remain the secondary keeper and they're probably going to have to trade away McMath. Because I don't see where you keep three goalkeepers of the talent level that you have right now on the team. And – To get rid of Blake right now is foolish because he hasn't improved his stock. Whereas McMath has. McMath, somebody, he's got value to him now. So, unfortunately, because I don't believe McMath, again, has done enough to lose his job. I just think it's become, I'm really not sure. The
1: front office has proven before that they don't care about homegrown players. That's true. They really don't. And the comment I made to Mike was, let's say... You know, this is just some weird aberration, some growing pains, and McMath gets traded away and has a chance to come back. He ain't coming back. Dude is not returning to Philadelphia if he leaves.
0: No, I don't think so either.
1: You know, and I think that's a shame because I I want to see Zach McMath succeed. I'll say it flat out. I want this kid to succeed. I I I'm with uh, Julian over at the soccer desk. He's part of the future of MLS.
0: I actually think he's going to be out of MLS, but that's because I think he goes over to, to Europe and plays over there once he gets a little bit more uh, uh, game time under his uh, under his belt. I will say this, is if we didn't already have a world-class, or, or uh, I guess world-class is what I was going to say, but it, you know MLS world-class goalkeeper in Luis Robles, who for the most part is – one of the better keepers in MLS. And unfortunately, this is always a stat I hate seeing is leading the league in saves. We have said this before on the show because I believe Zach led it last year. Yep. Um, and it's never a stat that you want to see your goalkeeper have because it means he's getting peppered. <laughs> like, yeah. You never want to see leading the league in saves. Like, that is the worst thing ever. Um, but it,
1: if he leaves, leave, leaves the league in saves, your defense sucks. Yeah,
0: your defense has problems. And unfortunately, we've been in that situation this season where our defense has left Luis out to draw, you know, out to hang sometimes. But, uh, Zach McMath is the type of player, if we didn't already have a keeper like Luis, I would hope the Red Bulls would snatch him up. Like, if he, it, if, Like, however, like, that is the type of keeper that somebody else wants on their team.
1: Having a Red Bull fan say that is the highest praise possible.
0: Oh, no, I would take McMath in a heartbeat if we already didn't have a great keeper. If we didn't. And, And it's a little bit harder for us because we have a solid backup keeper in Ryan Mara, who's just been hard done by an injury that, you know, let Robles come in and prove that he was a great keeper still. Uh you know, it, which is strange, going from a guy who was looking to retire and become an accountant to being able to prove to himself again that, hey, I am really good at this, and I just ran into some bad luck over in, in- or Europe. Uh, it's it's crazy to see, it, and it was just Ryan Mayer getting hurt was all it took. Um, but, wow, we got off track. That's all right. So Who gives a fuck? So... Okay, You sure. are
1: five fans out
0: there. I'm sorry I did this. Michael. Co- Co- coaching changes. Apparently you said, and I didn't see this um, today, but uh, apparently you said that they're talking about the, the next head coach for the Philadelphia Union. Uh,
1: apparently they're on the verge of signing Rene Molstein uh, of, of Fulham fame. Uh, that That's the last thing I heard from some of the guys up at the soccer desk. Heard that yesterday. Um, so it might have changed since then. I have not really had a chance to research anything as per usual. <laughs> but, yeah. No, no, dude, come on. I get in, I go to the bathroom, and I'm recording. And I have no access to sports info.
0: Fair enough. In um,
1: 24 hours, so.
0: Well, you know, it's, uh, going back to, uh, I'll go, away. wait. With you guys having news and stuff, it, it's been kind of the opposite in Red Bull land. There's been a lack of news during this transfer window, which the MLS transfer window, for all those who don't know, closed today, um, Wednesday, um, August 6th. And really, we, we made one signing on a trial list. He's from a, a second division French club and a defensive center back. I mean it was he was trialing with us so it's not like a huge signing that was the one signing we've made and his paperwork is still coming through but everybody you know there was rumors oh my god the rumors were so much fun apparently Roladino was coming to New York at one point and it was just a blast having just the rumor going um that he was going to be coming just because how everybody reacted and once this change, how formation changes and it was fun again. And then it became not so much fun when Red Bull didn't make a move during the transfer window. Um, now, technically you can get people on the free if they're, if they're a free transfer, I believe up until September something, I think is when the roster locks happen for, for the final push. So if there's players out there that don't, or, currently not affiliated with another club you can technically get them so you know technically it's not completely over but for the most part it looks like red bull's not going to make any crazy moves um i think part of that they're looking for a replacement for Henri for next year i don't really care and you know somebody and i don't know if people are just so broken down by them not making a move because nycfc is made you know we got fat frank coming to play for them um you got David Villa coming to play, or, uh, yeah, to, to come play for them. A uh, couple of, you know, I think they have, what, five players now? So there's, like, three lower lower-tier type guys. I know uh, Josh Saunders, that used to be LA Galaxy's goalkeeper, he's going to be playing for NYCFC. So they made, like, two big DP signings, and um, everybody's like, well, Red Bull's got to respond, and Red Bull didn't respond, and now we're losing the battle. Grant Wall comes out with an article today that supposedly – Within the next ten years, the Red Bull Corporation's looking to sell RBNY, and it just to me, it's like, man. And there was there was quite a bit of reaction. It's just like, guys, come on, why? Just just no, we're doing this to ourselves at this point. We're just being miserable, and we're blaming all the wrong stuff on the wrong things, and it just, it. I don't. Uh, Ah,
1: Philadelphia sports fans. Wait a minute.
0: And it's it's just so, it's weird, because it, last year, it was a bad season, and then they they won the Shield, but I remember in the mid, middle, and, and it goes like this every, we get towards the summer, and last year we didn't make any moves, and everybody was upset, and then they won the Shield, and everybody's like, oh, we're going to defend the Shield, we're going to defend the Shield, we're going to win the Cup, and then we've had a rough, we've had a rough start to the season, and people have been down, and it's crazy, and, and just, ugh, it's blah, 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 and and uh, I made this point, oh, what game was it? It must have been the RSL game. After RSL scored, everybody was, like, destroying the team, destroying Pecky. And then Henri hits his shot that, you know, he hit from outside the box, buries the tying goal, and everybody, like, perked up again. And finally I was like, but no, guys, we're totally, like, the worst team in the league right now. Right? Right? And kind of made that point on Twitter. It's like, you can't... Like, this fan base is the most bipolar fan base at the moment that I have ever been a part of. Like, Mets fans, you're always kind of down in the dumps, but you know where your team stands. Giants fans... For the most part, you know where your team stands and you're pretty confident in how your team stands. And then they have a season like last season. You just kind of laugh it off and be like, we won the Super Bowl two years ago. Why don't we give a shit? And, you know, it, to be a Red Bull fan is just kind of like it can be an emotional roller coaster with this fan base because it is up and down. And it can hang on 15 seconds. It's batshit crazy. So I have just taken this kind of stance to laughing about it at this point. Like, I just... It's actually more fun when it goes like batshit crazy like this to me because this team is so fucking nuts. If you don't laugh, you'll go nuts. Like, you will go insane watching this team if you can't laugh about it. You just gotta laugh about it. And if you can laugh about it, there's nothing really wrong. I don't know. It's just become... Stay along for the ride and be a fan. And, and wherever it goes, just hang on. I don't know. We're in the last year of Henri's, uh, of Henri's playing career. I, I plan on going to as many games as possible, uh, besides the Champions League games, which are kind of midweek games, which kind of sucks to try to get down to from work. Uh, with the, the two-plus-hour commute, plus if you're going down right after work, you're hitting rush-hour traffic with people leaving their – their jobs down there and stuff, and everybody's going everywhere, and it's nuts. But you know, I, I just want to see on replay his last games, and and hope he scores some freaking great goals. If not, sets up goals, and be there for the last one. I mean, because most likely he's retiring this year. It'd be great if we get him for another year. I think as him as a maybe kind of the creative midfielder, it, it's makes it better. But I really don't expect him next year. I don't know. I just think sometimes and and Philly's fan base actually it's kind of it's been kind of weird because i fallen the Philly fans this year and like you guys go through similar type stuff and On i have a seen weekly basis i and i have seen it I, I mean it's it's actually kind of similar but lately your fan base has been the much more kind of even-keeled fan base um where I think people have just accepted that, like, the U.S. Open Cup's the best chance at hardware. There's a really strong possibility you don't make the playoffs this year. You're sitting right on that edge. But there's a strong possibility that it doesn't happen. And the fan base has just kind of accepted that and is kind of along for the ride at this point and really hoping that the U.S. Open Cup works out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. and <clears throat> Welcome to Philadelphia. <laughs> I, it, it's, it's what it I don't know and I have seen and I know what you're talking about because earlier this season this is all Philadelphia did. Philadelphia fans I've, I the one day I was I was at the bar and it was before or after a Red Bull game um, and I was on my phone following a couple of Philadelphia sports fans and they were like destroying the team because I think you know, like, you'd given up two goals or something like that. And all of a sudden Philadelphia comes back, and they are just talking about how much they love the team. And I was just like, this is nuts. And then I've seen it happen directly with New York sports fans this year. Like, the same exact thing. This is terrible. This team's, like, just the worst. The worst. And then they'll score a goal, and everybody is, like, back into, like, happy mode. So, it, I don't know. It's, it's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling. So, I got nothing. I got nothing. Well, I mean,
1: you know what? It's like... When I was talking to Christy on Facebook, uh, one of the things I mentioned is we weren't really going to know what the hell was going on goalie-wise until after Kansas City. And after Kansas City, if we lose McMath, I'll understand. I'll have questions as to why we're also not gutting the defense and gutting the midfield, and, you know, because I have no complaints about his season. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, none. Especially after how, you know, with the draft, because he was blindsided by that.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Like, in, in all honesty, and you know it hurts my heart to say this, but I kind of would be okay with, you know... Brian Carroll not being back next
0: season. I think dude there there's a lot of people who would kind of be okay. There's a
1: lot of people who would be happy if Brian Carroll wasn't back this season.
0: Yeah, it's uh I don't know and if that's, various others. I don't know if that's fair or not so I you know, Carroll It's dude it's fair. It is very <laughs> fair. All right. I, I just I I feel like Carroll's been the whipping boy for this team for so long. I'm actually starting to feel bad that he's the whipping I boy. I
1: feel bad for him too. Um, I wish he was closing out his career with uh, with another ring. I don't think he's much longer for MLS as in a player role. Um, I, I, and it sucks because I still love the guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But let's face facts, he's, you know, they're going to need a target with Hackworth gone. Because no matter how accepting we are, let's face facts, uh, Hindsight's twenty twenty, but you have to take the rose-colored glasses off mm-hmm. and look at how fast we turned on Hackworth. Now, granted, I will say yes, that was deserved, but two games into the season, wow, that was pretty fast.
0: Pretty fast. So, let's talk about the bigger the bigger signing. I mean, I, I mean, I've been making jokes about all the goalkeepers, but uh Val, Valdez coming back. Excited, I I think that Sorry, actually excited. I think that actually does more for this team's chances at making the playoffs than a goalkeeper signing. But definitely, that's just me. Um,
1: well, no, I mean, dude, look, and again, it's a situation that's along the lines of Latou, where having this person back is a giant morale boost on top of everything else. You know, fan wise, this is a giant morale boost. So everything's coming up Millhouse right now, man.
0: Seems that way. Seems that way for Philadelphia. Now let's see if they can actually cap it off making the playoffs this year, which would be the first time in, what, three years, I think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the big thing for Philadelphia. you got to make the playoffs, or, or at least win the, the Open Cup. I think if you don't win the Open Cup and don't make the playoffs, the season all of a sudden becomes a huge...
1: I'm not making any comments on that for the same reason you decided not to say anything about uh Bradley Wright Phillips.
0: Yeah. yeah I don't know. It just I think that becomes a huge type of uh, I don't mean to say it's a, it, it's a goal. Yeah, it's gotta be. It if not it becomes a it becomes a failure. Uh and I mean you're not sitting so far out of you're you're technically one win away from getting into the into fifth spot right now with uh you know, sitting on 24 points, and Columbus Yeah, but did 20... you see
1: the people who are in front of us?
0: <sighs> yeah, I, I see that. New... I don't
1: see them stopping.
0: I see New England. I actually see New England petering off. Uh, uh, New England has not been great lately, and nothing is doing anything uh, to change.
1: Dude, my... I, I see where you're coming from on that, but I think New England is going to make a great end run.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I, I kind of don't feel the same way, but. Could be wrong, and and Columbus very well could, I don't know, peter out. They, they Columbus is weird, but usually in years past, there's that uh, that ability to fear Columbus a little bit, where you really like you, they've kind of always had like the talent to, to go places, and they've utilized it, and then it just seems to be stupid stuff that gets in their way. The the past couple of games that I've watched with Columbus in it, I don't think I've really. Hey, Columbus. Columbus
1: Crew, the Sean McGovern of MLS.
0: I guess. <laughs> I don't know if that's a fair comparison, but uh no. yeah, I look good in black and gold. But
1: no, dude, I mean I like I, I see where you're coming from with your disdain towards New England's chances. Mm-hmm. Especially after, you know, the last forty five minutes they played.
0: Oh, I mean no way they shouldn't have put New York away. You're you're up a up a goal, up a man. You just got to play smart, and I'm a
1: Newton bitta <laughs> To turn your own words against you, Mr. Hotan,
0: mm-hmm. What
1: happens when a team goes down a man?
0: Technically, from what you usually see, is they play a little bit tighter because they realize that there's not enough, uh, <clears throat> you know, people to go around and make the. It's harder to make that mistake. So um, usually, you see a team play a tighter game and play better because they realize they're down a man. Yes. That could also be because the team up a man sometimes plays a little bit more lax, thinking, hey, we've got this now that we're up a man. I don't know. And
1: not only were they up a man, what were they? Up a goal. Yeah. Where were they?
0: Away. They were in Red Bull Arena. Oh, they were in Red Bull Arena. Yeah, place they've never won. Well,
1: now we know why.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, because when you can uh, take a man and goal lead – or advantage, and toss it out, yeah, you're not going to win many games like that. Literally. So, uh, let's see, who, MLS All-Star game tonight, yeah, I don't care.
1: i um, for the planned wagon.
0: So, I'll end up watching it just because, reasons. Uh, you have Montreal this weekend. Yes, we do. At home? Yes. Montreal,
1: I may possibly be at that game, or I might be doing something personal.
0: Montreal may be the worst team ever to grace the sport besides D.C. United last year.
1: Oh, I wouldn't go that far. No, I'm sure there's tons of people out there who are an embarrassment to their friends and family. In MLS.
0: Yeah, Uh... (laughs) Chivas. Yes, thank you
1: for taking the joke.
0: So, up what I'm going to put button down, son. Yeah, Chivas still has more points than Montreal.
1: More and points for a West Coast team, really. That's shocking.
0: Fair enough. Um, what do you see happening?
1: Well, let's see here. Eh, um, nah, 2-1 uh, us.
0: 2-1 you. Interesting. Yeah. Um, we get to play Chicago and stupid Mike McGee and his stupid face. Um, hey,
1: wait, call back. Fucking callback. Mike McGee should not be the one playing Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I show disdain for him and all that he stands for.
0: Oh.
1: Uh. Yeah, you guys are fucking in Chicago
0: for that one. In Chicago. Chicago uh, Colorado,
1: um. Chicago.
0: I'm going to say we're we're getting Armando. Armando's going to have to play as the – he's going to be paired up with Sagaya's center back since Olave's out for his nut cup and uh, Miazga's out for his red card. It's going to be Sagaya Armando as the back. Oh, my God. McGee's going to have a field day. I'm actually going to say it's going to be a 2-2 draw. Really? Yeah, in Chicago. I just don't see it going another way. I know – I know Chicago is sitting second to last in the East, but it's uh, it's 2-2 draw. I just don't see us pulling points away. Chicago's been a place of friggin' heartbreak for the Red Bulls, um, historically speaking. It's not going to go well. Yep. That's my thought. Let's see. Yeah, no, that's it. That's all I got for that game. All I got. Anything else, Sean? Um... No. No? That's it? That's all we've got to talk about?
1: I bet. Uh, I, I guess, um... Apparently somebody bought out an entire Burger King's pie selection just to spite one child. That is all that people are tweeting at me and messaging me about right now. Really? Yeah. Apparently this is a I'm um, sharing it on Facebook. Apparently that is that is a thing now.
0: I just don't okay. I don't actually know how to to handle that. Um fun story. We're gonna we're gonna use this as our accent. Danny Cruz was on an episode of MTV's Made where a high school student wanted to be turned from a theater a theater geek into a soccer player. And Cruz, then with the Houston Dynamo, was his life coach, or made coach, as they call them on MTV's Made. You can actually watch the episode, and just so there's no, if you have any questions on how good a coach Danny Cruz is compared to a player, the kid did not make the JV soccer team. I've broke Sean.
1: I find that equally wonderful. A no-duh situation. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, fucking really? Yeah. Re- MTV's
0: Made. Yep. Is that still on the air? Is this a recent episode? No, no. It's it's from when he played with the Houston Dynamo. So you would have to, I'd have to look up. And...
1: Let me tell you something. <laughs> to the person who was formerly on MTV's Made. <laughs> Let me tell you something, okay, I was a theater geek, if you couldn't tell, uh, during high school, mostly college, and the ability to keep a straight face while people are doing ludicrous things has helped me much more, much more, than having a failure of a soccer player teach me how to do anything.
0: I just can't believe you're calling, Danny, Danny Cruz. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, 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 here's the thing. I would have just called him, like, a mediocre, a middle-of-the-road, a this, that, the other thing, soccer player. But he went on MTV's Made. Mm-hmm. I, I can't countenance that. I, I can't cotton to that. Two thousand? I have to, I have to, uh, 2000? eschew... The existence of that show. You guys <laughs>
0: reminded me of it! 2011 was the last time Danny Cruz was on Houston. So, that tells you how long ago. Yep. Danny Cruz. Episode of MTV's Made.
1: So, thank you, Danny Cruz, for being part of the death knell of MTV and making it MTV.
0: So, I will tell you this. Kid did a lot of running. <laughs>
1: Did he do a lot of diving? Did he clutch his head and wiggle back and forth?
0: No, no, no. Danny, no. There was a lot of running.
1: Did they Uh, just, like, train him on a slip and slide? (laughs) Like, they put a slip and slide on the track?
0: What's worse is you're actually going to look this episode up eventually, because it's going to kill you a little bit just to know.
1: Dude, no, 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 no. And I'm not doing it right now. (laughs) That's for damn sure. I'm not possibly doing it on my smartphones that we can't hear the Cleese (laughs) kicking.
0: So, on that (laughs) bombshell, I've been your host, Noah Hotelling.
1: Junior co-pilot, Sean McGovern.
0: This has been an episode of Red and Blue Hate Yellow.
1: Believe it or not, it really has been.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening,
1: folks. Namaste, bitches.
0: Good night.